Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God spoke to him from heaven. A light shone. It was supernatural. So he's taking these unbelievers from the unbeliever to an encounter with the true God. Somebody he didn't believe in as far as Jesus. No way he believed in it. So God makes the first move. Now why does God make the first move? Because God wants everybody to become a follower of Christ. God knew how to get Paul's attention. Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners the relentless pursuit of God for His people. Do you recognize that God has always desired a relationship with you? Even before you accepted Him, He was knocking on the door of your heart. If you haven't accepted Him, He wants to come into your life today. Our God is a jealous God. He's jealous of our time, our minds, our hearts. Yet, despite all He's done for humanity throughout history and in our lives, we forget about Him. If you haven't put Jesus on the throne of your life, choose to accept him and reap the benefits today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part 15 in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. Either you are now a Christ follower, a Christian, saved, born again, whatever term you want to use, or God is calling you to be one. See, you are either now already a Christ follower, or God is speaking to you, because it's inherent in your nature to know There is a supreme being. Now, Paul is sharing, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of those Christ followers in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from synagogue to another to have them punished. It was dangerous to be a Christ follower in those days as it is in many parts of the world today. And I tried to force them to blaspheme, to say that Jesus was God, which he didn't believe. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Now what is Paul doing? He's doing something really, really wise. Paul says, I was an unbeliever. I didn't believe in, I believe in God, but I didn't believe in Jesus. I definitely didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. Well, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to unbelievers. 
So he's identifying with them. You and I were all, at one point, an unbeliever. So when I talk to somebody who is an unbeliever, I can always start with my testimony. I know where you're at. I had the same doubts you had. Paul's going to say, worse than that, I killed Christians. You're not going to find somebody that did that as you go over to Egypt or whatever. In some of the Asian countries today, there's tremendous danger. But Paul says, I know you guys that are listening to me here, you very rich, influential guys. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus. Well, I didn't believe in Jesus either. So it was a great stepping stone for him. He identified with him. But what he's going to do is say, I didn't, but I do now. That's where your personal testimony comes in. So all of a sudden, he begins to highlight what happened to him as he was going to Damascus one day. Take a look at verse 12. On one of these journeys, journeys to go and kill Christians, I was going to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, he's talking to King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic from heaven, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, I read those verses, 12 through 14. I want you to answer me. In this true story of the Apostle Paul, who made the first move? Exactly right. Good job. God made the move. Paul didn't go, hey, anybody up there? Could you talk to me? Am I doing right? No, he didn't do that. God spoke to him from heaven. A light shone. It was supernatural. So he's taking these unbelievers from the unbeliever to an encounter with the true God. Somebody he didn't believe in as far as Jesus. No way he believed in it. So God makes the first move. Now why does God make the first move? Because God wants everybody to become a follower of Christ. God knew how to get Paul's attention. Do you know that God knows how to get your attention? He's got your attention right now. As we go through this, God just simply knows. See, God had a plan for Saul's life. Saul is clueless. But the plan would be amazing even before Saul was born. Do you know that God has a plan for your life? All seven billion people in the world, God's plan is to follow him, become like him, and have a relationship with him. What I think is interesting is, he didn't say in verse 14, hey, you down there. He said, Saul, Saul for emphasis. Do you know that God knows your name? You're not here by accident. He knows your name. He knows exactly who you are. He created you. And he has an amazing plan for you. So that's what's happening in this true environment. This true interaction with God. Now, what's the deal with it is hard for you to kick against the goads? Well, a goad was a sharp, sharply pointed instrument. Very often, uh, people that would drive a car with an animal, they would use that, and the animal don't want to go. They'd move it like this, and it, it would go. And, and the, the more uh, the animal fought, the more that it would hurt the animal. 
So what was God saying? God was saying this to Paul, Paul, it's time for you to quit going against my will. The more you go against me, the more it's going to hurt you. Well, Paul didn't know he was going against God's will. He thought he was. So what's God really saying to him? Paul, you're wrong. You're wrong, and you need to start learning what is right. Now, is there anybody here at this campus or any of our campuses like somebody to come to you and say, you're wrong? Anybody here? No. I don't want somebody to say I'm wrong. I'm right. Paul hated it. Of all people, he was really wrong. But let me ask you, how will you ever change unless you discover that the road you're on is wrong? You can only be saved by God's grace. You can't be good enough. So there's some part in our conversion where we have to realize our thinking has been wrong. And we have to change to be right. So the first thing I want you to write here, this is what Paul's going to learn. This is going to open the doors to unlimited opportunities. Is We have to keep learning and we have to keep growing. God says to Paul, quit fighting, follow me, change, understand my purposes for you in life. Change, be willing to admit you're wrong. You're going to have to to change. You're going to have to learn. G.K. Chesterton says this, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. If someone says they have tried Christianity and it didn't work for them, it's because they never had a true encounter with the living God. Any person who has a real encounter with God, like Paul, will continue to grow spiritually. You see, no matter how long we live here on the earth, we will never stop learning more and more about God and his nature and ways. In fact, one day, Paul wrote this after he was converted. Romans 11, let me read it to you. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Learning and growing is part of life. Well, God wants to bring that wisdom to us. And that's what's going to happen to Paul. The guys he's speaking to are absolutely wrong. Now, look at verse 15. Look at the answer. Then I asked, Paul says, then I asked this voice in heaven, who are you, Lord? One of the other translations says, who are you, Lord, and what do you want me to do? Life's two greatest questions. And look at the response from heaven. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, how much of an adjustment is that going to be for Paul? I'm on the road killing Christians. Jesus was not the son of God. Light comes down. I hear a voice fall down. And who are you? I'm the guy you're persecuting. I'm alive. I'm speaking to you from heaven. How about that for a little midstream correction? It shocked him. It shocked him. But this was so important for Paul and should be important to you. 
Next thing you want to write is simply this. Keep listening. God is still speaking. Paul says, who are you? Jesus answered. Now, wouldn't it be nice because in this room, like all of us, we have decisions to make. We have all kinds of things to do. You can't Google God's will for you tomorrow, but you can open the word of God. You see, the Bible says, he who has ears, listen. Well, how do I listen to God? God speaks to us two main ways. One, through the written word of God. Second, through the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. So when I want to know the will of God, I have to listen to God. And normally I'll find it right here. It's light and lamp to my path. It's wisdom, shows me how to do life. And then he'll speak to me just directions, things to do that always must, must match the written word of God. Paul would understand that because he would begin to write. He knew the word, but he misappropriated the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. He missed Jesus because he was prejudiced. So he had to change. For you and I, it has to be the same thing. The word communicates God's voice, his purposes, and shows me and you how to live. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wants to speak to us, and we need to be expecting it and ready to listen and obey. Some of you know this verse, but it just jumped out at me this week. I spent a lot of time thinking about this verse. Jesus says this, it is written, man does not live on bread, physical bread alone. This is the first uh, low-carb diet in the Bible. Man does not live on bread alone. Now, what's he talking about there? Just look at me on all campuses for a moment. We'll leave the verse up there for a moment. Your body, soul, and spirit. And the real you is spirit. The body needs physical food, bread. So what is Jesus saying? Man doesn't live just on bread or steaks or hamburgers or whatever alone. Not just that. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the real man, look at it, but on every word that comes from the mouth, listen, of God. Well, what is every word that comes from the mouth of God? It's the Bible. God spoke the words. Man wrote the words. So look at that. This is huge. I cannot get to heaven I can't get wisdom. I can't have peace without knowing, listening, and obeying the word of God. Man cannot live on bread alone. For those of you that know nothing about the word, I'm sorry to say in the United States, we're illiterate biblically. We know everything else, the latest hits, the latest songs, the latest TV things, the latest whatever, all the things about sports. The Bible, we're basically illiterate. And that's the fault, sorry to say again, of many of our churches. We try to not do that here because you have in your hand a Bible. 
That's what we do. We study the Bible. Why? Because man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's amazing. That's truth. That's from Jesus. So when you see that verse, what is it saying to me? It means that I, if I'm going to listen and grow, it has to be from the word of God. I cannot do life right without God and his word. No one can expect to be successful unless they're reading, meditating, and listening to the word of God. So ask yourself this morning, are you living on bread alone? Or are you actually living spiritually because you're into the word of God? You're meditating on it. You're reading it. You understand it. You have a desire for it. See, that's where life is really lived. The real you and I is spiritual. Well, verse 20, chapter 26, verse 16, look at what it says, verse 16. This is the next response after who are you and what do you want me to do? Jesus says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. What does Jesus say next? Now get to your feet. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my, circle these two words in your Bible, servant and witness. And you are to tell the whole world what you have seen, the interaction you just had. And here's another word I'm going to ask you to circle in a moment. And what I will show you in the circlet, in the future. In that verse that you look at right there, you see two purposes in verse 16, two purposes for Paul. Number one, notice the word, I've appeared to you uh, to appoint you as a servant. Look at the word, servant. What is a servant? One who acts under the direction of another. God was calling Paul to be a servant, a minister. He was not under his orders any longer. He wasn't directing his life. He was being directed by God. He was to serve under the direction of the Lord himself. So you want to write this next statement down. What did Paul just learn? He can't rule his life anymore. If you're going to follow Christ, you follow Christ. You don't live your life. So the next thing you want to write, we have to keep serving following with a humble attitude. Now, if you and I are going to expect God to open doors with unlimited opportunities and ask to come with a servant attitude, why? Because when I think, I'm sure Paul thought about this. What if God never appeared to him? He'd have never got saved. He'd have kept killing Christians. He'd have never made it to heaven. So he's humbled to follow. When you have God leading, we should be humbled. We're nothing. I can't do life. God can do it. All through Paul's writings, we see that he got it because Paul would say this, I'm a bond slave. He didn't go like, I'm the best man in the New Testament. No, he just says, I'm a slave for God. I love being that servant, one who acts under the direction of another. Seal a moment quickly. Who's directing your life today? You or God? Very simple answer. You know it. Oh, Pastor Mark, I can't hear God. Yes, you can. You'll see that moment. He's always speaking. You can hear him. Number two, the next word you saw there. The next word there was a witness. What is that? 
witnesses sharing information with others. So here's the next thing I want you to write. He says to Paul, I don't want you just to keep serving with a humble attitude. I want you to keep sharing the good news. In other words, spiritually be fishing. See, God was also calling Paul to be a witness. Every person that comes to Christ is to be a witness. Where? Around the world. Notice what he says to Paul. He says, you are to tell the world what you've seen. Now, it's an interesting thing that that very word witness, eventually in our language, it's the word martyr. In other words, if you share the gospel in certain parts of the world, you will be a, not only a witness, but a, a martyr. You'll die for sharing the truth. Did that happen to Paul? It did. Eventually, his head was cut off. Almost all the original disciples were martyred for sharing the gospel. Plenty of people today, Egypt, China, all kinds of places, are being martyred for sharing the gospel. Well, what was God, Jesus, saying to Paul in these verses? Here's what he's saying. Paul, I created you. I chose you. I saved you. I've gifted you. And I'm now empowering you. And I'm now sending you. Next thing you want to write is this. Keep following. Keep moving forward. That's why I told him to get up. Get up. So for you and I today, what was God doing? He was trying to say to him, Paul, if you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to go everywhere. One writer puts it like this. I love it. Think of this. Jesus always had his bags packed. He was always moving from one place. Just could be down the street, could be around the corner. He always had his bags back. He was moving forward. He had an agenda. He would get together with God, find out what to do for the day, had his bags packed, and away he went. He traveled light. Well, that's what he's saying to Paul. Paul, I've got you some things you're going to have to do right here, but I ask you to circle another word back in verse 16. What was the other word? Tell me on the campuses. It was future. Exactly right. So he says, not only now, but in the future. I've already got all the future plans for you. Get ready. It's going to be exciting. Sometimes we don't think about our future. Our future is in God's hands. And as you understand what he's saying to Paul, he's just saying, Paul, I want you to be on the move. And in the future, just like today, I will show you what life's like. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. I've already got it mapped out for you. Listen to me. I'll guide you. Keep moving forward. Now, for some of you, you're not moving forward. You've kind of got side laid. You're taking an exit row, kind of sitting on the side of the road. Others of you, you're always looking in your mirror, thinking about the past. You can't do anything about the past, but learn from it. As Christ followers, we are to continue the ministry and message of Jesus. Today we were encouraged by Pastor Mark to keep learning, growing, and listening. Jesus chose us to follow him and model him to a world in need. No person is absent from this calling to follow. Have you chosen to follow Jesus? If so, are you committed to pursuing Christ-likeness in every area of your life so you might represent him better today? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The growth of a Christ follower should never stop. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to live a life radically obedient to God. Obeying Him frees us to enjoy life as God intended. A life disciplined to serve, share, and obey will always result in blessing. As you consider the priorities in your life, God, people, and time should always be at the top, and only you can control them. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.